Kyle Poso, otherwise referred to as Dad, is who we'll talk about today here on the show. Also, a fun non-Sabers question to get to ahead here on the Locked On Sabers podcast. Your Locked On Sabers, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Jody Biasi, Jordan Hanskin. I mean, maybe call me Darth DiBiase, though, if you're watching on YouTube. I, I've got like a noir filter on my camera and I can't figure out how to turn it off or what's going on. Uh, so we're just going to have to deal today. That's it's like a noir filter, right? Is how you would describe it. That's yeah, exactly. It's a 1950s crime movie. Oh, that's exactly exactly. I got to put like a little detective hat on uh, and get to work on that one. Uh, what is that Casablanca of all the of all the of all the joints that she showed up in? No. You know, know not my time. Not my time. I've never seen Casablanca. <laughs> is that a movie I should? I feel I should see. Uh I'm gonna go yeah. no. I'm gonna go no. I don't need to see that movie. Uh, okay. I've, I've seen the classics that I need to see. I've seen um, what's Orson Welles? Orson Welles, Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane. Uh, the, the cl- old timey movies. That's the one. That's the only one you need to see. Well, was- okay. All right. You sound like you disagree. Well, I think that if you're if you're a movie fan, you should probably see most of them. Like the Alfred Hitchcock movies, you should probably see those. Okay. Yes, never seen those either. Never seen those. My brother None of them? Those. Not one of them? I maybe in passing by accident. I've never sought them out though, and I don't remember any off the top of my head that are like Alfred Hitchcock movies that I've seen. I'll I'll give you homework. Go see North by Northwest. You'd probably like that one. Well, you've already given me homework because I I let you know uh, in a group chat this weekend that I've never seen Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, So does that have to be first? Does that have to be Napoleon Dynamite's first? Napoleon Dynamite's first. I think the first time you the my theory on that movie is the first time you watch it, you think it's really stupid. But then after that, the second or third watch, it becomes like wildly funny. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, like, I'm interested okay. to see your wait. So I gotta watch your... it four times. That's, no, that's like, so that's like I, I want to hear nine your reaction. Commitment. I want to hear your reaction from the first one. Okay, I think you got to step away from it after the first watch, and then maybe another time later on, go see it again. That's like a full TV series that I could watch instead. No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying I I'm just want to know your reaction right. after the first one. Okay. All right. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I think it's, I think it's a hilarious movie, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I know a lot of people that think it's stupid too. So some fun things to get to today here on Lockdown Sabers and some business to get to a little bit later on. Our exit interview for Kyle Ocposo, the de facto captain of the Buffalo Sabers going into the final year of his contract, coming off his best season, arguably, as a Sabre. We will break down his year and look ahead. He's interesting. His future is is kind of cloudy. I don't really know what to make of it. We know he's here next year, but beyond that, uh, I think we could have an interesting conversation about what the future holds for Kyle Oposo. Uh, so we'll do that a little bit later on. 
and I've got a non-sports thing to get to in a second here, but just to start with real quick, uh, one of our Locked On colleagues, Ian McLaren of Locked On Bruins, uh, he was tracked down today by a, by a certain uh, Bruins player that he was tweeting about. And I'll put it up here on our, our YouTube channel for everyone to see, but I'll read it off for you. So Ian McLaren, host of Locked On Bruins, tweeted, medium take, if Patrice Bergeron retires, which is up in the air right now, the Bruins should absolutely explore the trade market for Brad Marchand. Brad Marchand saw the tweet and replied, tough take. So I'll pose the question to you. If Bergeron retires, should the Bruins look to trade 35-year-old Brad Marchand? Um, I... This is tough. That's a good question. Um, if you're thinking of it in terms of like the Bruins and the future, yeah, probably. Because I don't think they're gonna be like they're not gonna be contending for a cup mm-hmm. um with their with the team presently constructed. I really don't think that they're even with Patrice Bergeron. I think the ship has kind of sailed. Mm-hmm. Um, but they could still be competitive. Like there's no reason they wouldn't be a competitive team. But uh yeah, I don't I don't think they're like cup contending. And if that's what your main goal is, yeah, you should probably see if you could get something for a 35-year-old player. Um, but then the other part of me, the reason why I hesitated, is because I mean, what does that say if you're like just like trading your your key people mm-hmm. whenever at like willy-nilly? We talked about the penguins with this, like what does it say about you to trade or move Evgeny, let Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang walk when you could keep them around and just like let them retire playing for the Penguins their entire career? Um, but then again, it is a business. And if Marshawn still thinks he's got game left, he should probably want to, he might want to go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe he's the missing piece to like an Edmonton or something like that. Like some some place that would think that they're they're Marchand away, and you know I I think he still has some to give to the league to the game, um, mm. but yeah like I think like the Bruins, it's a it's an interesting call. Um, you never want to you never want to make that move too early though, but I really don't think it would be for the Bruins. I think that their their cup contending years are pretty much behind them i agree i agree i think it would be the smart move to make but i i think it'd be a tough move to make because you are still winning you're good you're not a cup contender but you're good and he would be the heart and soul of that team especially with bergeron gone so it'd be tough i mean i'd love to well maybe not maybe if i'm not the sabers it's tougher but if i'm a cup contender I mean, that's an easy trade. I mean, they get a lot for him, which is why I think they should consider it. Uh, speaking of, you mentioned the Penguins. There was news on uh, that on them right before we started recording that they have signed Brian Rust, their free agent winger, to a six-year deal for $31 million. That's just over $5 million per year, 30 years old. I mean, that's a commitment, and that's another sign that Malkin and Latang are leaving. Yeah, I think so. I think it's uh the Penguins are trying to keep their their younger players and they're they're getting ready to ship out the old guard. Um you know, and you know this could be the Sabres are the type of team that's perfect for filling that. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know what this could be for me? They're not gonna rebuild. Crosby's 35. He's still great. They're not gonna rebuild with <laughs> Crosby. He'd be pissed. 
I think they're going all in on Goudreau or Philip Forsberg. I think they're going all in on okay. these guys. They're going to take the money that I could see that, that it would have cost to keep Latang and Malkin, and they're going to throw it at a guy that's ten years younger. I think that's what they do. Yeah, I saw I saw Boudreaux saying the Flyers are going to go all in for Goudreau. Oh, why, why? Just rebuild Philadelphia. Oh my God, get get it together. Why would Goudreau do that? Why would he do that? Is he from Philadelphia? Uh, he might be from the area nearby. Oh, wow. When I go to a screen that is dark on my computer, if you're watching on YouTube, it gets real dark real quick. Uh, Johnny Goudreau. He is from uh, Salem County, New Jersey. I'm guessing that's nearby Philadelphia. So that, that seems like a Philly area. So that yeah, makes it's sense. across the water, right across the water. Because otherwise, like, what are you doing? Like, and why would Calgary not want him? Well, Calgary will want him, but unrestricted free agent. I mean, he might just decide I don't I don't want to live, you know, 18 hours away from where I'm from anymore. That would be a mistake for I in my opinion for him. Like, Especially for Philadelphia. Good. Don't go to the Flyers. <laughs> don't go to the Flyers. Yeah. I mean, now if you're going to be Crosby's wing, that could be enticing. Yeah, sure. that's right. That's right. Um, and then one other non-Saber thing to get to. Oh, this is kind of Sabres before we get out of here. Actually, first, congratulations to the Buffalo Bandits, Eastern Conference champions. Just found out today, Jordan's been watching their games, ESPN+. Plus. Uh, they're going to the title finals. Town. Title title town. Everyone's good right now, right? The Bills are great. The Bandits are the only reason we can say that we're title town. And even them. I mean, no, I don't, I don't want to disparage the Bandits. They, just, they, they win a lot. They're They're quite good. Yes. Um, and also the Rochester Americans continue to fight on. It is May 21st at time of recording, and they are still playing playoff hockey. Remember, they were almost not even in the play-in tournament. They needed help. They needed the Toronto Marlies to lose on the final day when they weren't even playing to make the play-in tournament. Then they needed to win the play-in tournament. Then they beat Belleville. Now they've beaten Utica in a five-game series, and now they go on to play the Laval Rockets, Jack Quinn, JJ Paterka, Lukanen's going to be back soon. It sounds like, I don't know if he goes in because Aaron Dell's been pretty good, but this is fun for the Amherst. And I'm not going to lie, Jordan, next Sunday is game five. That's Memorial Day weekend, but I looked it up. Laval in Quebec, where the Rockets play. It's a 20 minute drive from Montreal. That's a trip. That's a pretty nice trip, right? Sunday night. Go spend the day in Montreal on Sunday. Go to the Amherst game against the Rockets. Spend the night in Montreal. Everyone's got off on Monday. I'm thinking about it. I know. I wish you could go. You're you're a little far away, but that's a fun trip. I feel like. Oh, I want to. Sounds do that. like it. I mean, I got to get people though. Also, they got to go. To I, I'm always worried about taking long trips to sporting events. Okay, the sporting events can go bad real fast. But yeah, you're yeah. right. You make the most of it outside of it. You go to the city and you you have yes. Montreal fun instead of like just focusing on the game. Where is that um, on the list of yeah. cities that you've Sports never been? Sports are to? always a nervy trip. Yeah. Where is Montreal ranked for you on cities you've never been to that you'd like to you'd like to visit? Is it high? Is it not, never there. never thought of for this? No, it's up there for sure. I think it's like I know like Seattle's always been on my my bucket list. Uh, okay. Like Vancouver. Well, you're trying to go out West Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Pacific, Pacific Northwest. Northwest. Well, it's so, it's so different than I think like all the other places I've been to. Um, well, the one thing I'll yeah, I would you, say Montreal's up there. 
Mm. The one thing I'll give you about Lavelle that's different, French. I don't know how hard it would actually be to get around, though. It's like you might think, oh, I need to learn French. You might you could probably get around without it. I imagine people in Montreal have probably the duolingual thing going on. <laughs> the duolingual thing going on is just a funny thing. I, I don't know what else. How would I also want to put it? <laughs> I No, I don't know. They I speak don't know. English. I, they speak, sure. No, you're <laughs> I'm right. sure they speak some. Something about that. Uh, and then real quickly, one last thing. We're doing like a rapid fire thing in the first segment before we get to Kyle Ocposo. Um, We had a lot of fun with this on Twitter the other day. We specifically had fun with this in a certain group chat. Let me put it up on our YouTube channel. Two options. Would you rather fight an orangutan with a sword once a year or fight a chicken every time you get in your car. This was a meme that was circling Twitter. Again, the two options. You either fight an orangutan with a sword once a year, or you fight a chicken every time you get in your car for the rest of your life. Where did you land on this hotly contested social media question from Friday? It is not even close. You fight the orangutan. It is not... The, you're going to lose to the orangutan once. How, and it's all over. I, I don't see how you can if you're if you're like a trained a year trained sword fighter, you would beat listen a weaponless orangutan. Listen, there is nothing Every you time. can do in a year to train for an orangutan. Just it, but it's gonna once it's gonna get a hold of you and just tear you in half. That's it. It's over. I don't think it has that level of power. I. Listen, we looked it up. The I looked it up specifically. And one website that I saw, I don't even remember what the website is. I should probably know what the website is. Said that it is the strength of seven human beings. Seven okay. human beings could rip one human being in half. That, that means that a right If I'm a good sword fighter, I never let it get within my my range. See, you are you are oh, what's his name? The the guy who in Game of Thrones that fights the mountain, and he's doing great. He's, he's doing Oberyn? great. He's Oberyn. When, when Prince Oberyn is fighting the mountain in Game of Thrones, he had that same strategy. He's not going to touch me. He's not going to come near me. And guess what? He was dominating the fight right into the last second when the mountain got a hold of him. And then th- that's the same thing here. What's the orangutan? Yeah, but I wouldn't, hold of taunt, I, wouldn't taunt the, I wouldn't taunt the orangutan. I, I think you might. You might taunt the orangutan a little bit. I think the other the other problem is... I mean, the chicken is just such a nonstop barrage. It would just be unlivable. Don't you think you would eventually figure out a strategy to, to, to beat the chicken quickly to where you don't have to get pecked every single day, talons every single day? I think you'd figure it out. Too, the other thing, too, though, is like an animal. If you care about animals, like you don't want to hurt an animal every single like seven times a day. Well, I mean, it's either that or you've got to mentally deal with the orangutan that you've murdered. I know. It's awful either way. It's it is in, a terrible in, question. Animal. Yeah, it is. Like when you think about it in terms of like, man, this is brutal. Um, well, it's not, saying you have to kill, you it's not saying you have to kill them. It's just saying you have to fight them, to be fair. Well, but oh, so I have to like the orangutan has to like tap out like in wrestling. Yeah, you can make the you can make him tap out. The chicken's not tapping out. I guess you could just you could get the chicken and throw it out of your car. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. I think um, I'm taking. But the then chicken. I have the sword, so then it's like, 
Odds are, right. odds are that's not going to result right. in a tap out. <laughs> the sword is an indication that you're fighting to the end. With, that with it, that yeah, that's what I, that, and I think the like the animal is also meant to be um, fighting to the death as well. Uh, the amount of people, yeah, it's, by uh, the way. It was, it was a wild question, but I do think I'm surprised that anybody, and I know you're in the, the chicken camp, but I'm surprised I'm that anybody camp. that's in the chicken camp. I think the chicken I, camp is crazy. I the chicken camp to me again. I think I'm gonna figure out the chicken eventually. Within a week, within a week, I think I'm gonna figure it out. I said I would rather fight a Siberian tiger once a year, and that's with that sword. is madness. That is <laughs> then madness. then deal with the chicken five that, to seven times a day. That I mean, you might be plus two hundred against the orangutan. It is certain they're not even taking the bet on the tiger against the tiger. That is certain death. If I have certain a sword. Death. And I am, and I am a skilled swordsman. How skilled are you getting in a year? How skilled do you think you're getting in one year? <laughs> and your I life becomes training for that one. I don't fight. know how hard it is to become like a master swordsman. I assume it's very hard. I think it takes more than one year. <laughs> more than one. Year. I've I've seen Game of Thrones. I know that the like the wall. It takes a little bit while for some of these guys to get going, like Gendry. Oh yeah, not Seasons. Gendry. Yeah. See, uh, not uh, um, oh, not Ren. Ren. Yeah, I forget all their names now. That's two <laughs> Game of Thrones references. You forgot the wall people. I like, I like the wall guys. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we go on this for an hour, so before we do that, let's take it now. Let's take the time out. Let's get out of this conversation and get into uh, Kyle Poso, his season in review, and what's ahead uh, for the veteran Buffalo Saber. We are brought to you here on the Lockdown Sabers podcast by Bet Online. They continue to be your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find the latest odds, news, sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs. Bet. Whoever is the underdog, actually, you know, I don't know what. Maybe this doesn't matter. I was just going to make a point that maybe you've always bet plus eight and a half or whatever because it's going to be a blowout. I guess if you could bet the margin of victory, you would do that because every single NBA playoff game has been a blowout. The the one that's going on right now, I think, is by thirty points. We're not even missing anything right now between the Celtics and the Heat. Um, so that's basketball, but of course you've got hockey as well. Head to their website today or use your mobile device and learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. We are also brought to you here on Lockdown Savers by Built Bar. I love brownies, but you need you know what I love more? Brownie batter. Sometimes I eat half the batter just while I'm making the brownies. Imagine if you could lick that brownie spatula clean and get some protein along with it. You're in luck because Built has a new creation, and it's one of the best ever, the the brownie batter puff. You heard that right. It's a puff infused with marsh, infused with protein, and it tastes exactly like brownie batter. You can get it right now at built.com. It is healthy, 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 7 grams of sugar. Brownie batter puffs are the perfect pick-me-up for any day. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order using the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Joe DiBiase, Jordan Hanskin, back here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. All right, Kyle Ocposo, the next exit interview that we have, recapping his 2021-2022 season and looking ahead uh, with the veteran Sabres winger. Uh, best year statistically as a Sabre. Who would have thought you were getting that in year five of this contract? But that or year six of this contract, but that's exactly what the Sabres got. His first 20-goal season as a member of the Sabres, 21 goals, 
24 assists for 45 points in 74 games. The 45 points matches his saber high that he got had in 2016-17, first 20 goal season since a year with the New York Islanders uh, six years ago. His numbers went up on the advanced uh, metrics. His shot percentage, uh, Corsi 4, went to 47% after being a 44 last year. Expected goals 4 went from 41% up to 45 And he did this, by the way, with his most common linemate being Cody Eakin, who I think we can all agree was the most inferior offensively, especially, of all the Sabres forwards. Oposo had a 20-goal season playing the most minutes with Cody Eakin. Part of that, a little part of that, is definitely the power play. He had eight power play goals for the Sabres this season. The last two years, the two shortened seasons that he played 87 combined games, he had one power play goal. So one power play goal in two years went up to eight. That was a big reason why. But listen, the shot is still there. And Granado knew how to use it. So those are the numbers. How did it feel? Did it feel like Kyle Poso was really having uh, a, a, a comeback player of the year type? They don't have that in the NHL, but a comeback player of the year type of season. I think you could say that. Um, I think the key for him, though, was I wasn't even like thinking really about the stats, even though his stats were a lot better. Um, but I thought he was like a key factor in the the turning of the morale like the Mm -hmm. changing of the morale um this team was like rudderless leaderless and Akposo stepped right up to the plate and I think like that was even more of a factor um and it might have even helped this game like I don't know like I don't know about like the sports psychology part of it but he took on more responsibility in the locker room and I think like that went hand in hand with his stats increase. So while, while you bring that up, which is like awesome, like, and then like, he's gotten so much better, like as a player from last, from last year to from the year before. Um, But he also like, he made a huge impact for this team, like having them be happy to be Sabres and like enjoy being Sabres. I mean, we were so lifeless the year before and this year it was like night and day. And I think that that was important to not just the team, but to like us as fans as well. Um, So I I can't, I don't know what the future holds for a Kyle Ocposo, but I'm going to look back fondly on his tenure here. And that's a massive change than what I was. I mean, when I first started working, working on this podcast was like, I couldn't stand him. And it wasn't even really his fault. It was just like, he wasn't very, like, he was so disappointing. And I think that, like, totally flipped 180. Everything he's done since his bad injury, his terrifying injury scare, like, working his way back and, like, doing everything right and being that leader and being that guy, um, you know, I I can't say any more glowing things about Kyle Poza right now. Yeah. The contract that once looked like an anchor now looks like, eh, not really that big a deal. Part of that is where the Sabres are cap-wise, but a part of it is the value that he's bringing really everywhere as a leader. I think you make a good point. I get the sense that the moment Eichel left that locker room, it became Kyle Okposo's locker room. 
and the locker room was stronger with it being Kyle Oposo's locker room than it was with when it was Jack Eichel's locker room. Ever uh, with Jack Eichel. For sure. For sure. Ever. Um, it, he really is the de facto captain. I mean, he is. he doesn't wear the C, but he might as well have it. I mean, maybe he gets it just for next year. Uh, we could talk about that a little bit, but um, I, I'm not sure it matters. He's the voice. He is. He's. They call him Dad for a reason. His nickname on the team is Dad. I mean, that's all you need to know. That's all you need to know about what he means to the to the kids. Um, and right, like the offensive part of it came with it, and the defensive part of it. Like he is a part of that shutdown uh, part of the team. Whenever the, you're up one goal at the end, he's the guy you send out there. Uh, and a lot of that was with, I bet it was mistaken. I had scrolled down a little bit on natural statric. Gergensen's was the teammate he played with the most, just barely over Eakin, but it was Gergensen's and Eakin. And when those are your two most common line mates, I mean, that's a fourth line, right? That's a fourth line shutdown line. You get to 20 goals. It's super impressive. And I guess he really wore two hats because if you look at the numbers with Gergensen's and Eakin, it's very low event hockey. Very low event. Not a lot of scoring chances, not a lot of shot attempts, but also the, the opposing team wasn't allowed a lot of shot attempts or scoring chances either. Then you scroll down just a little bit. He played 382 minutes with Gergensen's, 344 minutes with Eakin. He played 310 minutes with Dylan Cousins. All the numbers shoot up when he's playing with Dylan Cousins. The, the scoring chances, the goals for, the shot attempts. In fact, shot attempts by percentage go up from... 44% with Eakin and Gergensen's to 51% with Dylan Cousins. And I kind of like those two as a pairing. I don't need them together going forward, um, but I kind of like them as a match because Cousins is the same thing. Super responsible defensively. Both can put the puck in the back of the net. Neither is going to put up 80 points or anything, but I would get some, some defense. I would get some offense, but Maybe we want more for Cousins as a line mate. I don't know. Where does where does Oposo factor in to next year's lineup, assuming, and please God, let this be the case, that I'm right in assuming this, that Cody Eakin is not back next season. Let's assume Cody Eakin. I'm being mean to Cody Eakin, but come on, no more. If Cody, no mas with Cody Eakin. If he's gone next year, who does Oposo play for you, play in the lineup if you're Don Granado? Where would you put him? <laughs> See, the nice thing about Kyle Oposo, though, is that he'll do whatever it takes to be where he'll he'll play wherever for the Sabres as long as the team mm. is successful. Like he's that type of guy. He doesn't he'll take whatever role you ask him. Um, and that like that that's huge. Um I could see him with cousins. Uh I think ideally I want him on the fourth line. And maybe still be like a power play specialist guy. Like mm -hmm. I kind of like the role that he had now because I think that our fourth line, even with like I know I don't want I don't want to pile on Eakin too Do much, it. but like Do it. <laughs> no, but it's like I mean and Gergensen's too, like I think that's a good line, like that's a good fourth line if you add maybe maybe switch out Eakin for like another Johan Larson type guy. And like that—that's a great fourth line. Yeah. Um, I kind of love it with if you could find a way to get Asplund to drop down to there. Yes, and then you have that be the fourth line, and like that, I think Asplund could help them maybe add a little bit of their offensive game. Um, and I think that they would just be like, 
I yeah. like the idea of having an important, like a good fourth line, veteran fourth line. Every playoff team has one. Every playoff team has a strong fourth line that can play a little bit. Mm-hmm. And like Gergensen's Asplen to knock Poso sounds exactly like a playoff fourth line. I love that idea. I would love to see Asplen back at center, centering that line. In fact, looking at the advanced numbers I have in front of me, no one on the team that Ocposo played more than 100 minutes with on the season did he have better numbers with than Rasmus Asplen. 57% of the shot attempts were at the Sabres' way when Ocposo and Asplen were on the ice together. Um, so I, I he didn't play center really at all this year. Asplen didn't, but he was a center until he got here, and he started his career with the Sabres as a center. And he's only been away from it for one year. So I like that idea a lot. You could just sign Larson back, too. I don't think he'll come back here, but he is a free agent. Just saying it. Uh, but I like Asplund. Asplund is the right fit for me. Defensive line. And I like the way you phrase it. Like, power play specialist. I, he's scoring on the power play. He's got the shot still. Um, fewer minutes. You know, still have the leadership role. Uh, and maybe he scores 20 goals for you again. What about the contract? What about beyond next year? He's going into the final year of his deal. $6 million. Is he playing at a level right now? If, if he had a similar season next year to what he just had, would you say, we'll cut one-year deal, two-year deal, three million bucks, we'll cut the salary in half. Would you want him sticking around at age 35 if he has a similar season? Oh, I, I would have him stick around, but it's got to be at the right. Like, he'll be getting fourth-line, third-line money. Like, like two million, two and a half million? I, yeah, but I got no problem keeping him around, especially considering that the team loves him so much. Like, you don't get rid of guys like that. Um, now, he might see if what he can get and see how much more money he can get. Um, but I think Buffalo might be just as important to him, too. So I, I I see no reason why we couldn't bring him back. I got I got no problem with it. I, I used to say, like, oh, let him walk. Oh, when, when does that contract end? When does that contract end? Um, yep. now I'm still kind of thinking like, oh, it would be nice to not have to pay Akposo so much money, but like, I definitely, I have no issue with the player. I think that he is everything you want in a bottom six forward. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of keeping him around. I don't need to make him the captain though. I, I don't need no. to make him the captain. I think not that's, long-term. No. In a talk cousins. It's not going to be like an Eichel situation where I feel like Oposo would be timid to kind of take control if he needed to stand up and say something in the locker room. I, I think the dynamic that he seems to have with those that the core group that's coming up, I think is the exact uh, fit for what you want. I, I Listen, I hope he sticks around because, I don't know, don't you see a little uh, like Mike Greer in him? Remember Greer would always in the playoffs just turn it on. Like, especially even when he came back, he came back in that Boston series in 2010. And he was like the Sabres best player in that series. And he was really good for them in 05, 06. Uh, and he wasn't a good scorer. He was a veteran. He was, he was playing with Drury, uh, which helped his numbers a little bit in the playoffs. But like uh, that veteran gritty guy that is responsible defensively. Like I I'd like to see him on this team when they're in the playoffs. I think he would be good for them when they're in the playoffs is I guess the point I want to make here too at the end. Absolutely. Couldn't agree right. more. All right, Kyle Poso. Uh, who do we want to do next? Anyone come to mind for you that you're, you're itching to talk about? 
We should maybe I, I kind of want to talk about I want to talk middle stat. Okay. You can do middle stat. Is he why? 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 Because he's like intriguing of like what's gonna happen. I think he's very him? intriguing. I think there's a lot of things the Sabres could do with him. Um mm. and like he if you're thinking like two, if you're thinking guys that maybe they could move, mm-hmm. he fits that bill as well. Um right. even though his value I don't think is at his at its peak. I don't think he was bad last year, though. Oh, save some for the next for the middle stat show. All I said save is I don't think he was bad show. last year. I guess care. that's not that right. That's not. I guess that's not. Uh, you're not giving away trade secrets there. You're right. Middle stat wasn't we bad. We should save it. It's not a hot take. Time. It's definitely not a hot take. Middle stat not bad last year. Scorching. Just kidding. Uh, all right, we will uh, end it here. We'll end the show, and we will uh, come back next time and talk Casey Middlestad. You heard it there. We'll talk him and his exit interview next. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Be sure to check out our previous shows. If you missed them, we've talked Jeff Skinner. We've talked Dallas Tuck, uh, Tage Thompson, Dylan Cousins, and now Kyle Poso. Next up is Casey Middlestad. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen, Locked On NHL, the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday on the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.